Sometimes the very things we are magnifying about other people are the things that we dislike about ourselves or the things that we are guilty of ourselves. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dotson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome back to The Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dotson, and we are just jumping right in today. You know, I say this a lot, but it's true. We often hear people, and when I say people, I mean believers. We often hear believers say a lot of stuff that may not necessarily be right, may not be biblical, or may not be taken in the right context. And then we repeat these things or we teach other people these things when we never really got the correct understanding ourselves. You know, the Bible tells us in all of our getting, we should get understanding. And sometimes that's what we lack when we are speaking on or about God's word. So with that, something that we hear a lot from the mouths of Christians is the phrase that only God can judge me or we shouldn't judge other people or that people are too judgmental. Well, I'm not sure we actually know scripturally what we're always committing our mouths to say when we say this, but I do think that this may come from a number of places and just a few that I can think of are are that is one, it may stem from a place of self gratification and wanting to be able to do what we want to do without reprisal. Two, it may be based on our own loosely lived lives and and, and wanting others to be comfortable in theirs because we want to feel comfortable in ours. And then it may be based on a lack of knowledge of what the word of God actually says about this. So let's look at some scriptural passages because we always want to back spiritual arguments and topics with scripture. So in Matthew 7, we see the authoritative message of the Messiah in what is a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount that started in chapter five. So Jesus is speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to religious leaders and teaching his disciples all at the same time. And in this chapter, he tells them to judge not that you be not judged. So here, what Jesus is saying is do not pronounce another person guilty before God or do not be negative or harsh before you are being discerning. This is not saying to put aside critical thinking or or forbidding evaluation or even judgment of others. But what it's saying is, one, you have to be sure that you are in a place in your own life to do the evaluating. Two, you have to have examined your own motives for placing this judgment and examined your own conduct. And three, you have to make sure that you aren't guilty of the same things or other things that are contrary to the will of God that you're condemning others of. Sometimes the very things we are magnifying about other people are the things that we dislike about ourselves or the things that we are guilty of ourselves. But if you have a willingness to be repentant and contrite about the things in your life that are not right, you can freely inspect fruit in someone else's life. So real quickly, I want to go back to the points that I made about why we possibly like to use this phrase about judging others. So I know the first two points that I made It may seem like they're one and the same, but there's just a slight difference. Sometimes we know what we're doing is wrong, but we only want to escape the punishment of the wrongdoing. While other times we don't even want to acknowledge that what we're doing is wrong anyway, but we only want to feel justified or comforted in it, if that makes sense. So to make the first point, if I say 
you shouldn't judge as it deals with the consequences connected to the actions of someone else, then I may be expecting that same exemption from consequences or or punishment or reprimand as the person that I'm wanting everybody else to excuse. Because ultimately, I don't think I deserve punishment because I want to do what I want to do anyway. So I want you to overlook my behavior, hence why I'm advocating for you to overlook someone else's in a sense. And as for the second point, I do believe that there's an inclination in some of us to want to excuse behaviors of others in order to feel good about the things we do ourselves, not more so to escape punishment, but because we want to feel justified or right about the things we do. And both of these points, if you really think about it and really look at it, they they are what make Romans 1 and 32 come to life. If we take pleasure in others doing wrong, it's because we want to do and we actually do do wrong ourselves. And it also may make us feel better about the sin we're choosing to engage in. You know, the phrase misery loves company. um, It is is true. And sin sure is miserable. And and then to the third point, some of us just say this because we don't know what it really means. And and as a so-called Christian, To say only God can judge me or you shouldn't judge in a sense of calling you out or holding you accountable for sin is very inaccurate. And it's also a misguided interpretation of scripture. The Bible in Corinthians tells believers that we will actually judge the world and the angels. So the people of God will participate with Christ in the final day of judgment. So that should show the power that believers have, even while living in the world right now. And if we are a part of the kingdom of God, then we are a part of God's rule and we have authority and we have the right to exercise this authority, not just when it benefits us, but also when it convicts us. So talking about Corinthians in first Corinthians five, the the church is called to judge those inside the church. So local and universal, we are to preach the gospel and and declare the good news of Jesus Christ to those outside of the church in hopes that they will accept Christ. But as for those who already profess a belief, there is a standard of conduct required. So Paul told the Corinthian church not to associate with anyone who claims to be a brother, but is called up in all types of sexual sin and sinful conduct. So we are to distance ourselves from people who claim to be Christian, but indulge in sinful activities that God says is wrong. Why is this? Because we do not want to give the impression that we are condoning or approving sinful behaviors and lifestyles. If we do give this impression, then we are dimming the image of God. We're belittling the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we aren't really equipped to be a light in the world. So as we go on in verses 12 and 13 here in Corinthians, we see that we see what is actually taking place here. It is believers judging those within the church. So verses 12 and 13 say, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom we are to judge? God judges those outside. So purge the evil person from among you. So if we go back to Matthew or Romans or even John, we see that the Bible consistently tells us not to criticize or condemn or gossip or make rash judgments about people. But at the same time, we are to judge and deal with sin, especially sin that can hurt other people. Paul doesn't deal with trivial matters here, nor is he dealing with individual believers problems that may be going on between them. But he is dealing with open sin that affects the church or the body of Christ. Sin that is being committed by a person who claims to be a Christian, a nominal Christian who is sinning without contrition or regret. And this is what and who we are called and authorized by God to judge. So back to Matthew 7, Matthew 7 and 20 also says, thus you will recognize them by their fruits. 
So Jesus addresses false prophets here. So the prompt call to action is for us to examine the lives of those who say they are believers, especially those who are in front of us as leaders or or we're called to be fruit inspectors. Are those who are so-called believers bearing the fruit of the spirit? Is a spirit producing fruit in their lives that's indicative of what they profess? This is how you evaluate a person's words by examining that person's life. Good teachers, good leaders exhibit good behavior and vice versa. And calling an apple an apple and an orange an orange is not judging. It's being wise and it's being discerning in what you are being shown. Because listen, words mean nothing without the action behind them to give life to those words. And people can talk a good game all day long. But what do their actions say to you? It's just like being in a relationship. Would you want to stay in a relationship with someone who only talks about what they can do or what they will do for you? Or would you want to be with someone who shows you the very things they express to you verbally? I'll take the latter any day of the week. And it's the same principle with believers and their lifestyles. Now, when it's all said and done, yes, only God can judge us. But as believers who have God or the Holy Spirit within us, we have the right to do what God has given us to do if we are in right standing with God. No, not a single person walking this earth is perfect. Paul echoes what scripture says early on about this, about none being righteous. But this is righteousness on our own without the help of the Holy Spirit. If we have God within us, then we have the one who is more than capable of keeping us holy because because he himself contains holiness. So if holiness is contained within him and he's holy and blameless, then we have the power to walk upright before him. And if we can walk upright before him, then we are at liberty to correct, to reprove, to instruct those who are claiming to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, if you do want to do whatever you feel is good for you to do even if that contradicts the word of God and his will then feel free to say that only God can judge you but I'd be mighty afraid of what that judgment will look like especially knowing that God is all-knowing and he searches the very depths of our hearts and will exact judgment rightly justly and completely All right, y'all, that is a wrap for today's episode. I truly hope that it blesses you and it gives you something to think about and maybe even share with others. Listen, make sure you connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music and also on Twitter at IMBD Music. You know I would love to hear from you. Thanks again for hanging out with me on the traditional millennial where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. (laughs) 